Okay, so hi everyone. Uh, my name is Radhika and I would like to welcome all of you to the WWCS podcast on graduate roles. We're extremely lucky to have with us today a pair of accomplished Warwick alumni who will be sharing their insights on taking a graduate role straight after university. Um, I know that's something a lot of us are on the cusp of right now, so their advice is going to be invaluable. Um, and we'll also be getting some tips on how to convert summer internships into placements from them um, in terms of looking on to jobs. So I'd like to start off by introducing who we have with us today. Representing the legal and business sector, we have with us Davina, an undergraduate alumna of Warwick who went on to gain an LPC accreditation post her studies. She then took up roles as a paralegal before securing a graduate project manager placement at Sky. Um, and I think this was following a very competitive selection process. So I'd love to hear about that. Um, Davina is currently an APM accredited project manager at Local Partnerships. So a very warm welcome to Davina. How are you feeling, Davina, about being um, co collaborating with Warwick again on something? I know it must have been a while. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's been a, a really long time. I graduated in 2017 and Funnily enough, I actually thought, God, it's nearly been 10 years since the day I actually joined Warwick back in oh, 2013. Wow. So a bit of a throwback. But thanks so much for having me. Wow, 10 years. It's a long time. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today. So our next guest is an alumna who's gone on to become a BBC broadcast journalist who's gaining a plethora of experience in the media industry. Um, she started this with her, with her internship at the BBC News Bureau in Brussels. Uh, she's since worked with Times Radio as an assistant producer and then a broadcast assistant. Uh, and now I believe she's a broadcast journalist at BBC. So again, a very, very warm welcome to Hannah. Uh, and same to you, Hannah. I think, you know, it must have been a while. Little throwback to Warwick. How are you feeling? Hello, thank you so much for having me. Yes, um, I graduated at the height of the pandemic. So um, yeah, a couple of years ago now, but it's lovely to be back. Thanks so much for inviting me. No problem. So you're used to the kind of whole online and podcasting and getting your voice across then? Oh yes, yes. Did my whole degree online, use my whole job now is online. So yes, very much at <laughs> home here. <laughs> Super, wow. Um, I think both of you've been undergraduate alumna of Warwick um, who've gone straight into the working role world and taken on kind of graduate roles straight away um, so yeah Hannah I'd like to start off with you actually I know that the role that you're in today at the BBC um, has come about through internships that you did at BBC Brussels so I'd just like to hear a little bit more about how did you manage to use your internships to your benefit when securing the current role that you're in Sure. So, yes, you're right. So I did an internship at the BBC News Bureau in Brussels. Um, I did that because at Warwick, I studied French as one of my subjects. So I was able to do a year abroad. And part of that year abroad, I used to gain some experience in journalism. So I was lucky enough to get um, a four month internship in the BBC Brussels Bureau. And um, so I think in terms of turning that internship into a job, there was no direct um, job at the BBC Brussels Bureau at the time. So no entry level role, for example, that I could have gone into um, post-internship and also I had had a year um, afterwards uh, to finish my degree so I didn't exactly go straight into a job um, from that internship but the connections I made at that internship um, because it's such an international bureau there were lots of people working there that had worked in the London office where I am now 
Um, and from those connections, I was able to email and contact them after my degree or just just before I graduated and say, you know, I'm still really interested in working at the BBC. As you know, you know, I'm, I, I've done the BBC Brussels internship, so I know how to work in a newsroom. I know how to work in an international newsroom. And I also have a language, which I think is was really beneficial to me um, because I was able to work on NewsHour, which is on the BBC World Service. Um, and my language really helped with that. So I think it's all about connections, especially in, in an internship obviously are very much at the bottom, but you have so much opportunity to talk to so many people, work with so many different people on different levels. And I think that really helped me to get to where I am now. Thanks for that. I think that's really interesting. I think the key word that I really picked up on there was connections. Mm. Um, and I think that that is definitely something I'd love to kind of discuss with both of you as we get further on into the podcast. Um, but for the moment, just to kind of get a quick background on um, Davina as well, I think a lot of people, Davina, believe that once you've done your undergraduate degree, the only choice that they have is to go straight into a graduate role or enter further education, for example. Um, and I know, I think from your CV, you've gone straight from an undergraduate role to then studying for the LPC. So do you think that, you know, upskilling yourself alongside being a graduate is possible? Yeah, I think definitely. I think we always think of upskilling as like needing a job, but I think we do it in our day to day lives, especially at university. So whether or not you think you are upskilling yourself, you, you definitely are and you don't need a job to be doing that. So I think I learned a lot from sort of what you're doing, Radhika, in terms of taking part in um, societies, um, doing volunteering, um, personal development, which has become a really huge thing, um, you know, listening to podcasts, all of that good stuff helps you upskill your own um, knowledge on what, where you want to be and what you want to do. So I think it's kind of a balance between you can get out there and you can get a job and do sort of, sort of like a volunteering job on the side to your degree or when you come out of university until you find what you want. But I also think there's a lot of credit to be given to somebody just actually doing all these little things on the side to their degree too. So I think it's a balance that you have to try and find. Um, and I definitely would say a lot of the stuff I did at university is the stuff which even in interviews today, I still chat about in terms of what I did um, and how it supported me along my journey. So yeah, definitely want to think about in terms of upskilling yourself and there's just so many different ways of doing it. Yeah, I think I definitely agree with you in that sense. Um, often when we think of upskilling in today's world, we're kind of focused so much on the hard skills of um, what kind of grades do we have? What kind of certifications can we add? Um, and I noticed from both of you, I think on LinkedIn, um, you've kind of done the role of putting on all the soft skills on there as well. Um, so I know Davina, you've got you know independent thinking, um, English in addition to kind of all the hard skills that you've put on there. Um, and Hannah, again, the same social media, teamwork. Um, and I think, you know, how important would you say that it is to put these skills up on your LinkedIn, even though sometimes we might think, oh, well, you know, it's obvious that I'd be good at teamwork, et cetera. So what kind of impact would you both say this has? So Hannah, if you'd like to start off. Yeah, I think the soft skills are really key because they're the ones that you get in job descriptions. So I recently moved from being a freelance journalist to getting a job at the BBC. And one of the really key elements of the job description was, you know, teamwork and being able to use social media and so many things that you wouldn't think, as you said, you wouldn't think you should put on your LinkedIn, but that you really should, because 
it's the things you've developed throughout your education and things that you've learned on placements and internships that you don't think are important. But actually, when it comes to working in an office environment, they're the key things that people look for. So I think, yeah, aside from your kind of USP, if you want to call it, what you could bring that is different to a job, I think having these soft skills and being able to show that you can use them in an interview or in the workplace is really, really important. Definitely. No, thank you for that. Um, Davina, what would you say? What, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so I have a bit of an unusual story for me. So I never used to use LinkedIn. I never actually got any of my jobs through LinkedIn. And it was only until I actually started my grad scheme that my company had said, you know, it's mandatory for you to have LinkedIn. So can you set up a profile? Um, and I realised that actually for me, whilst it's great uploading your skills onto LinkedIn and stuff, I think... I don't know everybody's opinions people might disagree with me on on this point but I think LinkedIn in itself is changing in terms of what it's used for um, so I think to Hannah's point I think it's great you know you can update it with your soft skills and soft skills are so important um, but for me I've used LinkedIn mainly to get across the work that I'm doing um, and more so um, so that my department can see what I'm doing especially for those working in huge companies um, it, you know your department will be absolutely massive you won't work with everybody and it's a great way to almost sell yourself inside your own company so that individuals can see exactly what you're doing um, so that's how I've always used LinkedIn it's always been to showcase the work I'm doing as opposed to my skills um, but that being said I think there's so many different uses for LinkedIn um, but it's an unusual debate I mean I was speaking to my mentee and um, she asked me the same question about do should I update my LinkedIn and I said well you know everybody's got different ways of showcasing their brand and it depends what kind of individual you are um, and you know in this day and age everyone's all on social media and everything's out there um, but I wanted to share my story in terms of the fact that I didn't get any of my jobs through LinkedIn and I certainly didn't have it at university appreciating the times were different um, but yeah to Hannah's point there's so many different ways to use LinkedIn and showcase those soft skills so it depends how you are as an individual and what you're going to be using LinkedIn for. Definitely, definitely. I think that's a really interesting thing that we've touched on there, actually, LinkedIn as part of whether it's just another social media profile um, or, you know, do we use it to showcase our work or is it just for connections? I think this takes us right back to what Hannah was saying in terms of how she actually managed to turn her placement into um, a grad role in today's kind of um, phrasing of it. And if we were to, you know, talk back to connections, how important would you guys say it is to form these kind of professional connections um, from a very early starting point? Because I know sometimes when you're just starting off in, the, in any industry for that matter, it is hard to reach out to people who've been there for longer than you or who are, you know, the real kind of the bosses that you look up to. Um, but how important would you say it is to cultivate these relationships early on? And what kind of things would you reach out to people within the industry with? Um, so how do you kind of start to tap people and say, you know, like, let's start a conversation? Um, Hannah, what would you say, given that, you know, your, your kind of role today has come about because of these connections? I guess this question differs depending on what field you're in. So for journalism, for example, I really tried to forge connections even when I was at uni and hadn't really had much experience because, you know, you go to these like this event, for example, and you hear people talking about their career and you think, wow, I really want to, you know, speak to these people or be like these people. So I used to go to, you know, the ball used to have a lot of um, events with journalists and 
there was one that I've literally followed from kind of my first year and she was um, a developing journalist at the BBC and now she's huge on TikTok and Twitter and you know she's she's massive and I, I really found that forging a bond with her and just saying look I, I really like your work or you know I've booked her for a few things at the BBC and now we kind of on a level where we can talk about things and talk about journalism and that, I think that's really important not even necessarily to getting a job but just having these people in the industry that you look up to and that you kind of think you'd like to end up doing their job one day it just it's really interesting to have those kind of connections um and obviously as I was saying earlier it's it's great to have connections in the industry that can get you to your next role um so as I said I have my internship in Brussels and I now work alongside um the producer that I used to work with in Brussels who now works on my team as well um so he essentially put me in touch with people that helped me get an interview and then helped me get the job so you know you never know where these connections are going to go so I'd say if you're you know you're just starting out just talk to as many people as you can follow them on LinkedIn as we've talked about follow them on Twitter if that's a big platform in your industry just you know what they're doing you can follow them and then they can see you've got an interest and it kind of just spirals from there I'd say oh yeah no definitely I think the biggest thing is continuing to reach out to people um definitely that would be a link um, Davina, I think just going back to the whole thing of how do you form these kind of connections, um, what would you say has been key in your industry for you? I think for me, um, it's it's the same as Hannah in the sense that in, in my industry as well, it's all about the soft skills. It's all about connecting with people and who you know um, and how they're going to support you, especially from a project management perspective. But also when I was working in law as well, it definitely helped. Um, what I would say, it's all about nurturing the connection. So it's all good and well sort of reaching out to somebody um, because you met them at a careers fair. But then how are you going to nurture that relationship so it, it kind of cultivates into a long term relationship? with that individual if you feel there's somebody who's going to really support you in your career um so for me it's being really authentic and perhaps not reaching out to millions and millions of people when you're at university um because they're doing something that you want to do but more so just picking a select few people and just having some really authentic conversations with them um, and sort of getting to know them and ask questions about them as well definitely helps. Um, and to Hannah's point as well, it is really important, especially in the virtual world that we're living in in today's society. Um, I think it's more important now than ever in terms of connecting with people um, and it's definitely helped me along along my career I've met some amazing individuals who've mentored me through um, connecting um, but again it links back to that whole being your authentic self and you know nurturing that relationship and making it a genuine relationship as opposed to one where you're wanting something from somebody um, and you've got nothing to give back so I think it has to be a two-way connection um, so that both individuals are getting something out of it um, and the way I would go about it especially when I was early on in my career um, it would be sort of through careers fairs obviously now we do have LinkedIn so I mean I have people um, messaging me on LinkedIn now um, and it, it, it all comes down to the way in which you message that individual um, and you can really show and see as well just how authentic individuals are um, as opposed to some individuals who are just sort of kind of shooting off messages to anybody and everybody so yeah I think it's definitely being authentic and, and nurturing the relationship um, to continue that relationship with the individual. I think that's such a great tip actually um long-term relationship nurturing i think when we reach out to people we always have something in mind um and i think just taking a step back from that and saying you know what sometimes even when you don't need something um to 
keep building and talking to those people. Um, and I think, you know, especially at the beginning, would you two say that just showing an interest in someone's work is definitely a good way to bond um, in terms of, you know, when you start off on a role somewhere, even if you're not directly connected to a project, um, would you say that it's worth kind of branching out to other um, areas within that department or reaching out to different people and saying, you know, your work looks really interesting. Um, maybe after hours, if I could spend some time talking to you. Um, have any of you ever done that? Or would you kind of appreciate if someone did that with you? Yeah, I think I would definitely appreciate it if somebody was very interested in my work. But also, I think as well, um, if you are going to do that, just make sure that you're kind of considerate at that individual's um, of individual's time. So I've had individuals um, ask to chat to me outside of working hours, and I'm always happy to help. Um, but you can tell people who've not really bothered to do any research or put any questions together, and the conversation then is very one way as opposed to two way. So I think it's great having the initiative to kind of ask somebody, can we chat? But it's just following through with the work that you would need to do in order to one, sort of appreciate that time, but also get the most out of the conversation as well. Um, so even if it's just pulling together a couple of questions, so you've got something to go into so that they know that you, you fully understand their background and what they're doing, um, that would definitely help, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think no one is ever going to be offended if you ask them, you know, can we have a chat because I really like your work? I mean, they're going to be completely flattered by it. But also a lot of people want to help because, you know, they've all been in your position when you're, you know, you're just starting out and you want to learn as much as you can. I mean, I've definitely emailed editors and gone for coffees with people and, you know, just asked them loads of questions. I was very keen after my internship at Brussels, I met up with the um the editor that hired me quite a few times actually I'd say maybe three or four times for a coffee and was just like look I'm really keen I really want to do something with BBC after university and you just got to kind of show you are keen and that you're interested in what they're doing and see what opportunities you can learn from them but also what they can give you and also what you can give them you know I really plugged the fact that I spoke French and I thought like that really helped but I think people are really happy to help and you know obviously some people are very very busy but you know if you're as um Davina said if you're considerate and you you go with questions that you know aren't going to be really long-winded but that you know you want the answers to and appreciate that they're busy and go at a time that you know isn't too late or too early then I think anyone is going to be happy to help you. Super, no I, I definitely all of these tips are so great I, sometimes it's quite nerve-wracking to just reach out to people um, but like you said, I think it's always important to know that everyone's been in the position that we are in today. So I'm sure everyone's more than happy to help. Just to kind of touch on some, something I think both of you said is to show initiative and build. Um, now, both of your backgrounds, they're quite diverse in the sense that obviously in today's world, you know, we've got all of these big kind of MNCs who are just running assessment centres. Um, there are things like civil service where there's a kind of set way um, and a set kind of pathway to enter that career. Um, now, I mean, if we start off with Hannah, journalism obviously doesn't have that kind of a pathway as such. Um, so how would you say you made inroads in this profession from the start? So I know, you know, you mentioned talking to your editor and plugging in the fact that you speak French, but how did you kind of start this journey of how do I make a place for myself here? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think journalism is one of those jobs that have so many different inroads. I mean, 
Um, for example, I applied to journalism apprenticeship schemes or journalism just schemes in general. Um, they're so competitive, like the BBC One only has about 13 places and thousands of people apply. And it can be quite, you know, daunting to think, oh my goodness, like how are they going to pick me out of all these thousands and thousands of people? Um, so I think you've got to think of other roads in. And, and as I say, there is no run, one route in. For example, a lot of people do a master's in journalism before starting a role. Um, but I really was keen on just gaining as much experience as I could. So as I said, I did Brussels, but I also worked at a French radio station where, you know, it was a tiny local radio station that no one has ever heard of in quite a small part of France. But I knew that having that experience in a newsroom, in a studio, being able to work radio and being able to record, do interviews, I knew that all that experience was going to be more beneficial to me. Personally, this is my own view than doing a, a, another degree. Um, I was really happy just to do my undergrad. And I thought to myself, I've got, you know, basic experience in journalism. So I just started applying for entry roles. Um, and you, you, you've just got to, you know, use your skills that you've learned and really promote yourself. So I started Times Radio, as you said in the intro, um, and I was a broadcast assistant, which is kind of the bottom of a radio job. But, you know, I... I'd already had the experience of being able to record interviews, work with presenters, write scripts. So I already had that basic experience. So I was able to kind of just email people and be like, look, I've done this. I've done this. Here's my CV. Um, I'm really keen to work here. And I feel like that has been really beneficial to me rather than spending money on doing a master's. I feel like the experience on the ground in the newsroom is the way that I was able to make my own pathway I mean obviously that is not the only pathway as I said there's so many different inroads and people that do masters do amazingly well as well I'm, I work with a lot of people that have done um, journalism masters and loads of people that haven't so um, that was my own personal route into journalism. Sounds super interesting and I, I think it must have taken a fair bit of initiative on your path to get where you are um, today so um, sounds amazing um, and I think to conclude just from that what we can say is Within this industry, probably um, in journalism, what I got from you was it's very person specific and how you think that you would learn best, whether that's on the job um, or whether by further education. Would you say that's kind of a correct summary? Definitely. Yeah, everyone does it differently and people get to where they are due to what they've done previously. I know I've personally always done experience in radio mainly. So that's why I've managed to get a job at the BBC in radio. But yeah, everyone does things completely differently and there's their own, has their own path. Interesting. I think that gave us a perfect um, introduction into Davina. Actually, everyone does things differently. Um, so, <laughs> I know, <laughs> so I know that, you know, Davina, you've obviously um, come from a law and business background from Warwick and then you went on to do the LPC um, and now you're into project management. Again, like with Hannah, not a kind of pathway where there is a stereotypical way in. Um, so what would you say you did to kind of get in and dive in headfirst and get all this kind of guy graduate program and today you're a project manager um, at APM, et cetera. So, you know, what would you say? Yeah, so it's similar to Hannah, actually. So I think I started off as a paralegal um, in a really small firm, just trying to get the experience. Likewise, with, with Hannah's job, you know, the market in law is really saturated as loads of listeners will probably appreciate and it was just a case of not being too picky and just sort of thinking right I just need to get some experience um, and just kind of 
being open to anything and appreciating that in your 20s it's not so much about needing to climb the career ladder which I think we all feel we need to um, by 30 but just appreciating that in your 20s it's all about experience and experiencing things so for me it was just applying to loads of places small firms anywhere that would just take me on so I could experience if if law was for me and from that I realized actually it, it really wasn't for me but I wouldn't have gotten that had I been working um, in a really big company um, not really being able to touch loads of work um, because they don't really um, provide you with with much responsibility at that point in time so I definitely say it was the experience that helped provide me with a decision making into what I wanted to go into and then from that I realized well I wanted to do project management so how do I do that and as many individuals will know you know London is the kind of place everyone thinks that their career needs to to, to be in and that's where it will shine but for me actually I decided to look outside of London because there's so much uh, open markets in terms of where you can apply to and what you can do and I managed to get a grad role um, quite quickly actually up in up in Scotland um, and there they gave me so much opportunities to experience um, project management but also experience it in, in a big company uh, in a commercial setting and I was still working with people down in London and it was through that that I got to and it was through kind of choosing different options to the standardized option which is graduate from university move into London work in London which I believe is the reason for for how I got into my profession um, so it's sort of looking outside of the box which is what I would say um, and trying just to be open and to anything that comes your way and and thinking you know I'm just going to dive into it and see where it takes me um, and I think the more we kind of put an emphasis on that and less on sort of right I need to hit this target by 25 and I need to be doing this by 30 the more you'll realize that loads of opportunities will come your way and I wish somebody had said to me when I was 21 graduating from university you know don't have these hard-hitting milestones um, and just say yes to everything and any opportunity and from it you'll learn so much and you'll gain so much experience and it will take you to the road that you're supposed to be on but you just have to have a bit of faith um, that you'll get there and trust in yourself. Absolutely and I think you know you've taken us right into the heart of this podcast today when you said I wish someone had said to me um, and this is why both of your experiences are invaluable to us and I think we can learn so much. So I think a broader question that I'd like to ask now is actually going to draw on your experiences um, and obviously they say hindsight is a wonderful thing. Um, but having now had the experiences you've had, being settled now in your kind of um, professions and now that you've got a career path that's, I would say, you know, gone way beyond plan and it looks amazing for both of you in the future. Um, what would you say were the pros of just diving into this, the working world headfirst and not going behind further education? So I think, Hannah, I know within journalism, you've outlined a couple of things where you said as an individual you learned from experiences um, but I think when you're looking back perhaps is there anything that you can kind of pinpoint and say well had I gone on to do a further degree this wouldn't have happened? Yeah I think that's a good question. Um, I think oh, it's difficult because obviously doing further education is really really beneficial for a lot of a lot of um, subject areas and I think Personally, um, if it had been, hadn't been a money issue and masters weren't so expensive, I think a lot of people would, including myself, would actually do one. 
But then I think to where I am now and I think of all the opportunities I've had and I think, I, as you say, I wouldn't have had any of these if um, I had gone on to do um, a master's. So I think if I hadn't done a master's, I wouldn't have been able to get that basic experience that I really wanted and also have the experience of working um, kind of, I don't want to say at the bottom because it's not at the bottom. When you're an intern, you are actually a key role in 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 a business and that's why they have internships for you to learn and for you to really help other people but um just entering that key entry role I think I wouldn't have probably done an entry role maybe if I had done a master's because maybe you learn you know the basics of how to work a camera and things like that when you're on a master's degree but I feel like I really got to learn how a newsroom works and the pace of it by not doing a master's because you learn that in an honor master's degree, but I actually got to learn it in the newsroom, if that makes any sense at all. Um, so I feel like just gaining that experience of what you're going to be doing for your career goals, because I, I have learned that over the past year and a half. And I've managed to do that without kind of having the training. I've kind of almost not trained myself because I obviously haven't trained myself, but I've learned so much by just kind of throwing myself into work and you know being really out of my comfort zone and I've just really kind of bounced from that and it's really made me more confident in the role that I want to do and has enabled me to move up a bit faster as well. Definitely so I I mean I'd definitely say from what you're saying there are benefits to learning the ropes um, right from the bottom. Um, Davina would you say that's similar to what your hindsight would tell us? Yeah, I think, to be honest, I'm the same. So um, in terms of like either further education versus job, I would definitely say entry, entry role job, because uh, just taking, for example, law. So anyone listening to this who does law knows that you're going to do your LPC and then you'll start your training contract. And I can tell you right now that everything that you learn in your undergraduate degree for law you will never use in practice um, the stuff you use on your LPC yes you will use it and it will help you to some degree on your training contract but the majority of your learning actually happens when you're sitting in the office or in Hannah's world when you're actually in a newsroom um, and you're actually hands-on learning things and I think whether it's an entry role job or a grad role job I think it definitely outweighs doing a master's unless your master's is required for the job industry that you're in um, but if it's a case of you're not really sure what to do I'll go and do a master's I would probably say don't do that because you gained so much more experience and understanding firstly of what you like and what you don't like but also who you are as an individual which is something that you need to understand when you go into the world of work sort of your ethics your ways of working your morals how does it align then to the culture of a company that you want to work for you don't get any of that when you're doing a master's but you would get it if you had an entry role job or a grad role job because it will give you that understanding and I feel like that's something that's not really spoken about at university because everyone is so busy trying to get their degree get a job or, or figure out the next step they forget to actually reflect inwards and think right who am I as an individual where do I want to get to and how am I going to do that and what kind of job and what kind of company do I want to work for because even if you do a master's you're still going to have to get a job eventually so the sooner you do it the better and I think at an early age I would say if, if I could go back I would definitely be telling this to myself just jump into any role or any kind of entry role job that is kind 
kind of aligned to your interests or your passions um, or your industry um, if you're unsure as to what to do. Um, I definitely would advise not going into further education if you're not sure what you're doing and, and feel a master's will give you that additional year to kind of have that think and that thought process as to what you may or may not like. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sort of the same as Hannah in that sense. I think the most experience I got was from jobs. It wasn't from, for, from my education, yeah. Yeah, I just want to add on to that. I, I completely agree with Davina feeling that pressure of going into higher education if you can't kind of if you don't know what you want to do. And I think she's completely right. It's so much more worthy of your time to do an entry level role, even if it's not 100% in the exact field you want to do. Like, for example, if you want to be a journalist and you see an internship for six months in a publishing house or something like that, I think it's so much more worth doing the experience, really getting that groundwork so you have something to build from. Definitely. And I would probably say um, as well, like, you know, we, we've gone to a really good university and you've got that on your CV. Um, so you don't need to prove yourself anymore in terms of, oh, I need to get another degree um, because I'm not really sure what to do. Um, this might help me. I think entry level jobs, they're not really thought of that much at university and they're not given the credit that they should be given. Um, and to Hannah's point as well, like it's not even about, you know, if it's something that you're going to do for the rest of your life, but it will give you the transferable skills when you go into something that you do want to do. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely with Hannah on that one. Thank you so much, um, both of you, for that. I think the key learning from that is possibly um, in bold words that further education is not a stopgap. Um, so if you're unsure, try and see and take a step back. Um, and I think what you both said, I, I think it's so important, especially like you said, at a competitive uni like this, is thinking about who you are and what you want as goals for yourself, um, as opposed to perhaps just aligning yourself with numbers as part of a pay package. Um, and you kind of enter that race very quickly where you're, you know, you end up comparing yourself with other people in professions whose, you know, the pay packages are just never going to match in different industries. Um, but definitely, I think you've definitely made me take a step back today and think, what am I actually looking for and what should I be looking for? Uh, so thank you so much for that, both of you. Um, and yeah, I'd just like to take this opportunity to wish you both the very best of luck on your futures as well. Um, and thank you for all your support and experience for all of our members. I'm sure they'd all love to thank you too. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.